Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Happy week eight. We are more than halfway through the fantasy season already. Sky here rolling solo as I always do on Tuesdays, recapping the week seven action team by team, listing my ballers and stallers for the week. Make sure to email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Jerry Rice, Andre Reed, Chris Carter. I smoke all these fools. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Well, I'm the best corner of the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Your weak ass, get your weak ass off the field. Get your weak ass off the field. He could go all the way. Because I'm a winner. I'll always be a winner. And you'll always be a loser. We'll start in Arizona Thursday night. The Broncos come into town and whoop up on the Cardinals 45-10 to 10 on the back of five giveaways from rookie Josh Rosen. The Cardinals look Really pitiful in this game. Unfortunately, they face off against the Niners next week, so we shall see a battle for worst place there um, in week eight. For Denver, Emmanuel Sanders had a great game, including a 28-yard touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton. 
in the receiving category, he had six catches, 102, and a touchdown on seven targets as well. Phillip Lindsay, 14 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. And the Denver defense was a top-rated defense for the week. Two touchdowns, two pick sixes, three interceptions, two fumble recoveries, six sacks, only 10 points against, and 33 fantasy points from a defense. Yikes. If you overcame that in your fantasy week, congratulations. Cortland Sutton, as I mentioned, had uh, the 28-yard touchdown. Unfortunately, it was his only catch, but that catch did come from fellow receiver Emmanuel Sanders. And Royce Freeman, 13 carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown, but unfortunately suffered an ankle injury. More on that to, uh, on Saturday. We've actually moved our uh, news and notes segment from Wednesdays to Saturdays. So you can check in with Daniel on Saturday for more updates there. Demarius Thomas, um, pedestrian game, five for 42 on six targets. There's talks that he may get traded out of Denver. We'll see about that. And Case Keenum, if you streamed him, not much going there. Just 21 attempts, 14 completions, 161, a touchdown, and a pick. For Arizona, I got to throw Larry Fitzgerald in the baller category because we're losing opportunities to do so. Four catches, 40 yards. He got his first touchdown of the season on eight targets. David Johnson doing his best but not able to do much after he runs the ball up the middle 14 times um, for just 39 yards, three catches, 31 yards. Terrible play calling led to Mike McCoy, the offensive coordinator, getting fired after the game. Former quarterback Byron Lefwich, who was actually under uh, the previous regime there in Arizona, uh, will be taking over the offensive coordinator duties. So hopefully Byron Lefwich can get things moving uh, through the air and spread the ball out a little bit to utilize David Johnson the way that he should be um, used. So fingers crossed for David Johnson, but I think this is a positive for sure. Mike McCoy out of town now. Second year in a row he's been fired midseason. Christian Kirk, I expected more here, but just three catches, 57 yards on six targets. In London, we had the Chargers with a faux home game hosting the Titans. This is a really great game. It was at 6.30 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning, my time on the West Coast. Uh, so it was nice to get up extra early and watch the football. Um, the Chargers were really dominating this game until late. And uh, they get the win across the pond despite Melvin Gordon sitting the game with a strained hamstring. And Tennessee was going to tie it at the very end of the game late in the fourth quarter, but they actually went for two for the win and failed. So the Chargers get the win 20-19 to in London. On the Tennessee side, Deion Lewis, really the best game from the Tennessee running backs this season. 13 carries, 91 yards, 6 catches, 64 yards on 6 targets. Deion Lewis looked really good and looks the best to fit in this offense. Tajay Sharp had a nice game, six or 7 catches, excuse me, 101 yards on 9 targets, the number one receiver by far for the Titans on this day. Derrick Henry did get a touchdown, but just 33 yards and 32 more on uh, through the air, rather, and uh, it looks like Deion Lewis is is the back to own here. Derrick Henry is always going to get those goal line touches, but if they're not on the goal line, Deion Lewis is certainly the in-between-the-20s guy soaking up the yardage and the touches. Corey Davis, nothing. Three catches, 10 yards, seven targets. He and Marcus were just not on the same page. For the Chargers, Tyrell Williams stays hot. Four catches, 118. A long touchdown once again, 75 yards on the first play from scrimmage on four targets. Mike Williams comes back to life with just one catch, but it was a touchdown for 55 yards on blown coverage. 
three targets for him. And Phillip Rivers, a nice day, 306 and two touchdowns. If you streamed him or you're starting him every single week, which you probably are, he is doing well and very consistent. Keenan Allen, not much on his side, especially for a number one receiver. Five catches, 72 yards on five targets. So looks like there was a little bickering on the sideline. We'll see what happens with him, but not worried about Keenan Allen. And again, remember that last year, Keenan Allen didn't really catch fire until late in the season. So hold faith there. Austin Eckler filling in for Melvin Gordon, who sat 12 carries, 42 yards, five catches, 26 yards on seven targets. I expected much, much more with Eckler out, but it looks like Melvin Gordon really just is the focal point of this offense, and they were able to get by the Titans here, and they have a bye this week, but I expect Melvin Gordon to come back and, and reclaim his uh, bell cow role there in Los Angeles. For the Bears hosting the Patriots, this was a great game. I watched most of this game, and really the Bears – had the Patriots on the rope, the ropes, the entire game, and actually almost tied the game on the last play of the game. Kevin White uh, came out of nowhere, caught what was about a 60, 70 yard pass on the one yard line. and was tackled by new England on the one yard line. So they failed on the attempt and new England picks up its first road win of the season. 38 31 over the bears for the Patriots. Uh, Brady, two seventy-seven, three touchdowns and a pick James white. Continues to be an absolute beast in PPR league. Set 11 carries, 40 yards, not much there, but through the air. Eight catches, 57 yards, two touchdowns on 10 targets. He will be a beast with Sony Michelle out uh, potentially for the next handful of weeks. Unfortunately, Sony Michelle left the game with a knee injury. Again, more on that with the Saturday episode on the news and notes. Julian Edelman filled in nicely over the slot there with no Gronk. Gronk did not make the trip, and Sony Michelle. Uh, left the game early, so it was the Edelman show over the middle with James White. Five catches, 36 yards, a touchdown, and eight targets. Josh Gordon had a nice game as well. He's heating up four catches, 100 yards, seven targets. And Chris Hogan remains relevant, six catches, 63 yards, and seven targets. I made a claim a couple weeks ago that he was the one I was worried about in this Patriots offense, but and I still am when everyone's on the field. That includes Sony Michelle. That includes Gronkowski. Patterson didn't even have a catch in this game. Um, when those guys are out or not effective, Hogan will be the guy. But if everybody's on the field, I'm still worried about Hogan. So he's a, a check. If you're listening to our new trade segment, he's a check for me for right now. I want to see what happens, but uh, he's not somebody that I'm necessarily just automatically firing up every week. I would pay attention to who is in the lineup for the Patriots. Moving on to the Chicago side, Mitch Trubisky stays hot as well. 333 yards, uh, about 60 of that coming on the last play of the game. Two touchdowns and two picks. Unfortunately, those are two costly picks. He also added 81 yards and a long, well, 81 yards and a touchdown on the ground. It was a four-yard touchdown technically, but he ran a total of 72 yards on the scramble. So kind of ran backwards, ran across the field, ran back across the field, scampered in the end zone. So it was technically a four-yard touchdown, but he ran a total of 72 yards on the scramble. So Mitch has got some wheels and he's got he's definitely got the playmaking ability. He stays hot. Trey Burton. Keep moving on Trey Burton. Damn, he's a beast. They got to feed him. Nine catches, 126, a touchdown on 11 targets. This is the game we all expected coming into the season. This is why I try to draft him in all of my leagues. This is what we've been sitting on and hopefully will maintain moving forward. Of course, this is game script. The Patriots, of course, are going to pour it on. You got to keep up. And Allen Robinson had a little bit of a hiccup as well. He had just one catch for four yards on five targets, which is not good. So it looks like they were feeding Trey Burton anyway. But if Trey Burton can put up these numbers, he is going to be 
a top two, three, four tight end uh, down the stretch. So fingers crossed for Trey Burton there. Tariq Cohen, amazing. Uh, just 14 yards on six carries on the ground, but that's not his game, of course, much like James White. He's got eight carries, 69 yards, a touchdown, and 12 targets through the air. Jordan Howard had a solid game as well, 12 carries, 39 yards, but he did lunge into the end zone. He also had another one called back on a penalty, and he had nine yards through the air on a great catch. Actually, a big knock on him was coming into the season that he didn't have the uh, the hands to um, produce kind of that uh, pass-catching ability out of the backfield, like, say, Matt Forte did for so many years as a big back. But his one catch was a great catch, really. It was a um, kind of an underthrown ball behind him he had a kind of lunge back in full speed made a great catch it was only nine yards but it was a really good catch and definitely promising for them potentially targeting him more in the passing game so nice game from both uh uh cohen and howard as well as burton as well so that bears off and staying hot as i mentioned kevin white uh two catches 64 yards on two targets caught the hail mary but was tackled on the one yard line unfortunately um, Taylor Gabriel, who I think a lot of people fired up as a as a streamer, not much here. Three catches, twenty six yards on four targets, and as I mentioned, Allen Robinson kind of ghosted in this game. Looks like he had a hiccup. More on that on Saturday, but uh, he was not um, unfortunately not full strength. It looked like, and and uh, looks like the Patriots tried to take him out of the game. So it was about four uh, yards on one catch for five targets. Chicago defense not doing much anyway. I think a lot of people understood that they were playing the Patriots, but if you had them in fantasy, you're probably playing them anyway because you don't want to bench them or lose them to waivers. But just one pick, two uh, two fumble recoveries, a sack, but 38 points against, and um, they're not invincible, basically. So check the matchups here against the Bears. Next up, we have the Colts hosting the Bills. The Colts absolutely shelled the Bills in this game. Derek Anderson got the start as Josh Allen sat with his elbow, which looks like will be the case this week as well. The Colts 37, the Bills 5. Indianapolis had the most rushing yards by the team since 2007 with 220 yards on the ground. Marlon Mack had a great game. He had 19 carries, 126, and a touchdown on the ground and two catches for 33 yards and a touchdown on three targets through the air. This was his breakout for sure. This is what we've all been kind of waiting for, but he's been injured for most of the season. He is the number one waiver claim for this week, absolutely. If he's on your waivers, go pick him up immediately. He's going to be a you know low-end uh, running back one, high-end running back two as he's healthy for the rest of the season. T.Y. Hilton. Uh, not much on the stats, but he did have two touchdowns, just four catches, 25 yards, but he did get two short scores on four targets. So it's nice to see him and Luck linking up there. And Luck also did not have many yards, just 156, but he had four touchdowns. So Luck throwing it into the end zone as usual. Um, looks like Rodgers didn't do much in this game. Four catches, 40 yards on just four targets. And Eric Ebron came back down to earth. Three catches, 31 yards on seven targets. So keep an eye here. Looks like guys are getting healthy in that Indianapolis offense. As long as Doyle's out, uh, you're firing up Ebron for sure. But with T.Y. back to full strength, Mac coming back, uh, Naheem Hines out of the backfield. It didn't have a huge game, but certainly a factor in this game. And uh, Chester Rogers also able to take some up. Looks like there's just so many mouths to feed in Indianapolis all of a sudden that Ebron, uh, if he doesn't catch his touchdowns, may be tough in the uh, tight end category with just yards. So keep an eye there. Naheem Hines, four carries, 40, uh, five carries, 47 yards, one catch, negative five yards on two targets. So this is definitely disappointing 
and he pretty much disappeared as Mac came back into the game. So keep an eye here. I'm really high on Naheem Hines. I've been touting him in the offseason and, and early this season, but he is the you know backup to third stringer behind Jordan Wilkins as well. So Naheem Hines could lose a lot of value here if Mac is back to full strength and able to come out of the backfield with the passing capabilities as well as on the ground. So keep an eye there. And Adam Vinatieri missed two PATs. And he could miss week eight with a uh, groin injury. So keep an eye there if you need a uh, kicker help. On the Buffalo side, uh, Ivory actually had a nice game stepping in for Shady McCoy, who left the game with a concussion. Uh, Chris Ivory, 16 carries, 81 yards, another 25 yards on three catches. Um, and it was pretty solid himself until he suffered a knee injury as well. So that brought up the third string running back, Marcus Murphy, who had four carries for 53 yards. A nice 35-yard scamper mixed in there and five catches for 17 yards on six targets. He could be the number one running back next week versus New England for Buffalo. So keep an eye there. Not super stoked on him. I, I would go, you know, Marlon Mack again is the number one waiver claim for me this week. I would say if you need deep running back help, then I would keep an eye on Marcus Murphy if Shady McCoy misses in the protocol uh, for a concussion and if Chris Ivory misses as well with a knee injury. So, again, Daniel will fill you in Saturday on that. But keep an eye on Marcus Murphy. I don't think he's a name many people are going to be focused on. So you may be able to scoop him late in your week if you need a uh, waiver claim there. Kelvin Benjamin, uh, Staller, once again, um, he had 71 yards, which is his best game of the year by far. But <laughs> just four catches, 71 yards for a uh, wide receiver, you know, three deep flex. It's decent, but I'm just not not – uh, confident about Kelvin Benjamin, so I'm not really feeling it. Although he and Derek Anderson do have some history back in Carolina, so maybe if uh, Derek Anderson does play this week, which it looks like he will, and moving forward, maybe Kelvin will have some better numbers, but I'm not really high on him, as you've known if you've listened to the podcast. Moving on to Jacksonville, where Jacksonville gets humbled once again by the Houston Texans. The red-hot Houston Texans win their fourth straight game, and the Jaguars score seven or fewer points for the third time this year, which is tied for the league worst with the Bills. So once again, the Jags have scored seven or fewer points total for the third time this year, tied for a league worst with the Bills. The Texans are red hot. The Jags are ice cold, and they need to figure it out quick. For the Houston Texans, my boy Lamar Miller. Wouldn't you know it, I trade him away and... <laughs> He spits right in my face. Classic fantasy football. Lamar Miller, 22 carries, 100 yards, a touchdown. Business as usual, right? What the f? f? Classic Lamar Miller. Um, I'm not super high on him. Of course, he's a, he's a running back that's going to get those touches. So until Deonta Foreman comes back, looks like Blue didn't have much to do in this game. So if you got him, you're firing him up. He's going to be an RB2, an RB3. And with bye weeks and such, you, you fire up Lamar Miller. I'm just, I'm still not super crazy on him. Honestly, I traded him off last week. If you want to and you think you can get something else, I would move Lamar Miller ASAP this week off of his hottest game of the year and maybe um, his biggest game that will be for the entire season. So if you want to make a move on Lamar Miller, I think this is your week right now uh, before he potentially cools off moving forward, especially against that Jacksonville defense. I think you can sell this. Uh, really high potentially, especially if you package him up with somebody else. So just some insight there. I would I would personally not be stoked on this game. Hopefully he helped you win your week this week, but I would actually move Lamar Miller ASAP. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 
three catches, 50 yards. He did get his token touchdown, uh, which he does weekly on eight targets, but just um, 50 yards otherwise on three catches. So keep an eye there. Of course, he was he was matched up against Jalen Ramsey. I'm not worried about it there. Although he did school Ramsey on one catch that you can find on social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, where he kind of dusted him for a 20-yard catch. But it was a one-handed, nice uh, grab right over Ramsey. And you could just see Ramsey's body language after the play. Like, holy shit, this dude's legit. So I don't see Ramsey talk, talking about New Hopkins because he's clearly one of the best in the league. So Ramsey's getting humbled as well as that Jacksonville defense. Will Fuller. Nice game here, bouncing back. Six catches, 68 yards on eight targets. He had more targets once Kiki QT left the game with a hamstring. So, unfortunately, QT did come up short. We don't know what's going to go on moving forward, but um, more on that on Saturday. Unfortunately, though, for QT, he will probably be missing this week. And we've got um, Will Fuller, who will get a huge bump if QT is, is out now, back to the last couple of weeks before QT came in. So, keep an eye on Will Fuller. On the uh, Stuller's side, Deshaun Watson, 139, one touchdown, just 13 yards on the ground. So keep an eye on Watson. I think he's just fine moving forward, but this is a tough game against that Jacksonville defense. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, we've got Yeldon, who was stepping in for Fournette once again. I expected much more for him. Uh, 12 carries, 28 yards, another 40 yards on five catches. And he did get a touchdown, a nice grab there uh, on seven targets. This is kind of a tricky situation. Of course, we had Carlos Hyde get traded on Friday from the Browns over to the Jaguars. It was noted Saturday afternoon that Hyde was not going to play, so we knew that. So you could fire up um, Yeldon with confidence. They also had Jamal Charles on the roster there, so I was a little bit worried about him you know, siphoning some touches. That didn't really happen. But now we come off of that week. Hyde is going to have a full week with the team. Um, I think Hyde's going to be the number one running back. They released uh, Jamal Charles to make room for Hyde. And Yeldon, I think, is going to go back to that kind of more pass-catching role and spelling Hyde versus getting the the number one touches there. So Yeldon is somebody that I would not be automatically starting. Um, I think he is maybe a package deal with, say, like Lamar Miller and Yeldon or something to move up to somebody else. I would try to make that move if uh, if you possibly can, because I think Yeldon is going to lose a lot of value with Hyde coming in there being the workhorse. And Fournette may or may not come back this season. I'm almost leaning toward he may not even come back this season. No reports or anything. I just have a gut feeling it's not looking good. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Yeldon. But if Fournette comes back and they have Hyde, Yeldon's going to be toast. So try to try to move him while you can while the name is still relevant. Dante Moncrief, the leading Jags receiver for this week, seven catches, 76 yards, and 10 targets. Stallers, the other Jags receivers, no more than four catches or 30 yards for any of the other individual receivers for the Jags. Usually it's one guy and one guy only, but we never know who it is. Blake Bortles benched in this game. Blake Bortles benched at halftime for Cody Kessler. Yikes, they both looked rough. Keep an eye here. looks like Bortles will remain the starter for week eight, but I'm not stoked on either one of these guys. And the Jags defense, like I said, just one sack, three fantasy points. Houston really took it to him, and the Jags are spiraling out right now, and um, they are not that number one defense we all expected when we drafted them. Moving on to Miami. The Lions come into town, beat the Dolphins 32-21. to Carry on Johnson officially breaks out again with 21 touches and 179 yards from scrimmage. The second 100-yard rushing game this year from Carrion Johnson. 
Love me some carry on. I've been repping him from the beginning. I've got him on a bunch of my teams and been kind of sitting on him waiting for this. And uh, now he's starting to, to come out. This is when we tell you in preseason, you draft some of these guys in the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round. You have to be patient and sit on them. The NFL is crazy. There's injuries. There's trades. There's guys that underperform. There's work shares, stuff like that. Carry on Johnson is a number one running back in this league. I fully believe it starting maybe this second half of the season and moving into next season for sure. So, and it looks like uh, with just how the stats broke down, which I'll get to in one second, that looks like Matt Patricia is starting to lean toward more of a run-based pass, a run-based offense um, in what has been for the last decade, really a pass first offense with Matt Stafford. So keep it on a carry on Johnson, man. He's, he's incredible. He's a great runner again, led the sec, which is arguably the best conference in the college football ranks led the sec in rushing last year. And he was the sec player of the year. So love me some carry on Johnson, huge game. Michael Roberts, who's a new name. Uh, he's a tight end for the lions. He busted out with two touchdowns, 48 yards. I don't think he's relevant moving forward. Um, I think he was just in the right place at the right time with the schemes uh, coming up here for the lions in this game, but he did have two touchdowns. So at the tight end position, we monitor anybody relevant just in case. So Michael Roberts for the lions, check him out on your waiver. I mean, he's going to be on your waivers. Nobody played him, but I wouldn't add him unless you need a really deep uh, sleeper option or somebody got hurt or you have a bye week or something like that. You want to take a gamble. But let's remember the struggles that Eric Ebron had in this offense for for all those years. A lot of them had to do with Ebron himself, but I think they also just didn't necessarily use him that much. Although Matt Patricia may want to do that and keep it a little more close to the vest. So keep an eye on Michael Roberts, kind of a random name there that popped up this week. Stallers for the Lions, Matthew Stafford, just 22 attempts. One of the lowest attempts of his career and just 217 and two touchdowns through the air. So Matt Stafford still, you know, borderline start every week, no matter what. Um, he's obviously very talented. His receiving core is incredible. Uh, the Lions offense in general moves the ball very well. But again, they might be leaning a little bit more toward carry on Johnson. Although the Dolphins have a decent secondary they give up a lot on the ground, so maybe this is just a game plan situation, but these are things this time of year when you're trying to get every win matters now. I mean, we're only a couple of weeks out from the playoffs. You need to start getting your seating proper and get these wins, so these are things you need to start paying attention to. So in a plus matchup for uh, quarterback, Stafford is a surefire QB1. In other matchups where you might have a, a, a shutdown corner on one side and a decent corner on the other, you may want to look at another streaming option potentially just with this new balanced offense here in uh, the Lions. Um, and I, I, I'm i getting a sense of last year's Saints. So keep an eye on this. I'll talk a little bit more about this with the guys uh, on Friday, just because I want to bring it up to them and see how they're feeling about this. But I just start getting the feeling that, you know, uh, it's kind of like the Saints. They have all the weapons in the world. Stafford's plenty capable of chucking the ball 50 times a game and putting up huge numbers, but they want to do ball control. They want to grind games out. They want to win on the ground. So I can see them kind of turning into the Saints of last year. So just keep an eye on that. LeGarrette Blunt, just 50 yards on 10 carries, but he did vulture a touchdown from carry-on, which is frustrating. Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay, all frustrating games in the receiving core. Tate, four for 36 on six targets. He also added a 30-yard run. Marvin Jones, three for 29 on four targets. And Kenny Galladay, two for 37 on two targets. I'm going to bring these guys up in our new trade segment on Saturday. So keep an eye on that, but I'm um, a little bit worried about this Detroit uh, 
you know, receiving core. They're all incredibly talented. We know that um, you're, you're firing up all of them really on a weekly basis. However, I'm starting to get nervous if this continues with uh, the Lions offense. So this is kind of a, a check, if you will, uh, to see what goes on with everybody here. On the Dolphins side, Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola returns the form, six catches, 84 yards, a touchdown on seven targets. Kenyon Drake, his biggest game of the year for sure, six carries, 72 yards, a long touchdown, another 15 yards on four catches through the backfield. A lot of the yardage came on a 54-yard touchdown from Kenyon Drake. Otherwise, uh, if you take that run out, which I know is kind of horseshit, but if you take it out, he's got five carries for, let's see, what would it be, 28 uh, 38, 28 yards, um, and no touchdowns. So not much there for Kenyon Drake. It looks good in the stat sheet. And this is another guy that you, I'm going to bring up on Saturday. You may want to, you may want to look at trading. If you have Kenyon Drake and say Lamar Miller, and they both had a touchdown in a decent game, I would look to move them for, you know, somebody more powerful moving forward. So just an idea there. Brock Osweiler, um, came back down to earth, uh, 239, a uh, two touchdowns, a decent streamer if you streamed him, but uh, not a huge game. And Kenny Stills, just one catch for five yards. It was a touchdown on two targets, but he left the game with a groin injury. Albert Wilson, three catches, 32 yards on three targets. He left the game with a hip injury. Frank Gore, two, 10 carries for 29 yards. I think he's just tired. And the Miami defense, one sack and 32 points against negative five fantasy points here. So Danny Amendola is also a bit injured. So keep an eye on this. I think Daniel will report on this on Saturday, but it looks like the, uh, I read a report today that the Dolphins are looking to potentially start at, at their receivers. Brian Hartline, remember Brian Hartline from about four years ago who exploded on the fantasy season, uh, scene and Devon Bess, who also hasn't been a name in about four years in the NFL. So the Dolphins are hurting. Keep an eye on the Miami uh, offense there as a whole. Not really interested. Moving on to uh, New York, where the Jets uh, get slapped around a bit by the Vikings. The Vikings are returning to form right now, and I think they're becoming the one of the stronger teams in the NFL. Their defense is coming back around. Uh, Dalvin Cook's not even healthy yet, but I think they're they're starting to become who we thought they were going to be. So they get a big win. On the road in New York, 37-17. Thielen does it again, the seventh straight game with 100 receiving yards, which ties an NFL record. To be exact, he had nine catches, 110 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. Latavius Murray fills in well once again for uh, Dalvin Cook, 15 carries, 69 yards, and two touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, pedestrian game, 241 and two touchdowns, so decent streaming option, but certainly not the big numbers we're expecting from him week in and week out. And Stephon Diggs has really cooled off. He's still getting the targets, 14 targets in this game, uh, more than than Thielen by four, so easily the most targets on the team um, and really in the league for the week, but only eight carries for 33 yards. So looks like Diggs is, is getting that number one coverage and Thielen is playing out of the slot. So Thielen is able to just gobble up all of this underneath stuff. He can definitely, you know, turn it on after the catch for, for um, a nice, you know, grip of yak yards after catch. And, you know, Diggs is um, awesome, but he's unable to kind of break away from these number one cornerbacks from time to time. So they're not linking on these deep balls. So I think it'll happen eventually, but so far Diggs has cooled off a little bit. It might be a time to go get Diggs right now if, if you believe in him, which I personally do. Aldrick Robinson caught his uh, random touchdown for uh, the week, Th 34 yards touchdown on three targets. 
On the season, he has four catches, 67 yards, and three touchdowns. So it's four total catches for three touchdowns on the year. So Aldrick Robinson is not a name to be picking up. I think he's just a third, fourth, fifth receiving option on that team, and he's in the right place at the right time and does have some skill, catches another long touchdown. Kyle Rudolph, not to be mentioned here, one catch, 16 yards, four targets, yikes. He's a must-start at the tight end position because of what he's capable of doing, but he hasn't seen more than five catches or 57 yards since week four. So keep an eye on Kyle Rudolph. Moving on to the Jets, Herndon. Chris Herndon is becoming a tight end name that you may want to pick up and stream. This is two weeks in a row with a touchdown, 42 yards on seven targets. And Trenton Cannon, Trenton Cannon, two carries for four yards, but four Catches for 69 yards on five targets out of the backfield. He entered after Bilal Powell left with a neck injury. Neck injury is obviously nothing to mess with. Bilal Powell could certainly miss some time here, so pay attention on Saturday to get the report on that. And if so, Trenton Cannon could potentially be a streaming option at the running back position. Isaiah Crowell, another ho-hum game. 11 carries, 29 yards, one catch, 21 yards not buying Crowell. I keep saying it. I know he's going to have another 150-yard game eventually this season. I don't want to take the chance. Um, he's he's just not not what I'm trying to put my – not the eggs I'm trying to have in my basket, I guess I'll say. Uh, Robbie Anderson, three catches, 44 yards on 10 targets. So 10 targets for Robbie Anderson, just three catches, not able to link up with Darnold, unfortunately. So he comes back down to earth as well. And I keep mentioning with Robbie Anderson too, boom or bust. The booms are going to be very high with he and Crowell. 150 yards for rushing and receiving, possibly one or two touchdowns. But they could also have these games where they have, you know, 30 yards, 40 yards total. So be careful here. And Jermaine Curse, no catches at all. He was he was probably the number one waiver claim last week, and he was really the biggest streaming option that uh, all the analysts around the league were having people play. Um, and, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I had a, a, a case one way or another. I didn't really believe in him just because he's, you know, he had one big game, of course, out of the slot, which is nice filling in for a Nunwa who got hurt. But he's been kind of a, a, a washed player for a couple of years. And I didn't really believe in him to have a big game. And sure enough, he got phased out as well here. So no catches. So um, he's probably cuttable at this point, unless you you really need a filler there at the, you know, maybe a wide receiver three or a deep flex, a second flex. Heading into Philadelphia. Philadelphia gets upended late by the Carolina Panthers, who were playing like horribly for three quarters of this game. The Eagles led the game basically. 17 nothing until the fourth quarter and Carolina stormed back in that quarter for 21 unanswered points to upend the Eagles on the road. So Carolina gets the victory in Philadelphia 21-17. Cam Newton, pretty horrendous game up until the fourth quarter, 269 and two touchdowns, seven carries, 49 yards, but most of that came in the fourth quarter. So Cam scares me. Um not really not really in on the Cam game, but of course he adds it with his he adds the floor with his legs. I get all that, but he's a bit sketch for me. Devin Funches had a nice game. Second week in a row, six catches, 62 yards, a touchdown on 11 targets. So he's clearly the number one receiver there for uh, Carolina. And it looks like Cam is starting to warm up with him. Christian McCaffrey, a dud game here. He and Olsen both had uh, were the stallers here. For McCaffrey, seven carries, 29 yards, just six catches, 51 yards on six targets. So not getting much done here. Uh, looks like 80 yards total on 13 touches for McCaffrey. Not going to get it done for what you're expecting from him as a uh, PPR you know, monster potentially. So a little bit worried about McCaffrey for sure. 
Although Philadelphia does have one of the best defenses in the league. So maybe not get too, too scared, but uh, something to monitor for sure. And Greg Olson, two catches, five yards. He did get a touchdown late. He actually got the game winning touchdown on five targets, but Greg Olson, not much otherwise. So certainly worried about this Carolina offense in general. Funches is a nice play on a streamer, but the rest of the guys, I would temper your expectations. For Philadelphia, business as usual. Zach Ertz, my dog. Nine catches, 138 on 11 targets. Unbelievable. Jeffrey, seven catches, 88 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. Carson Wentz, 30 for 37. Only seven incompletions on 37 attempts. 310, two touchdowns. And Dallas Goddard got in the mix as well. Four catches, 43 yards, a touchdown on five targets. So really, everybody but the running backs and Nelson Aguilar can be fired up weekly. Dallas Goddard, obviously, is a backup tight end. However, in a plus matchup, which I don't know that Carolina was a plus matchup per se, but in a plus matchup against tight ends, I could make the case. I actually, in the the league that I have Ertz in, um, I was only able to get him in one, unfortunately, which bummed me out, but just the way my drafts fell. But in the league I have him, I got Goddard for sure, just to make sure I had the security just in case. But there's been a couple of weeks where I could have easily started Ertz and Goddard at the same time. And uh, Goddard's outscored some of the other guys that I had in flex. So something to keep in mind, maybe if you have kind of a shot in the dark flex position uh, and you have Goddard and Ertz, you may want to consider it if they're playing a, a, an easy matchup like Tampa Bay or, uh, you know, New York or the Steelers or somebody like that, where they're easy against tight ends. You might want to consider firing up both tight ends there, which is kind of crazy, but could work out. On the Stallers side for the Eagles, Nelson Aguilar continues to trend down. Six catches, 20 yards, seven targets. I mentioned this a few weeks ago when I had a, a listener buzz me up on the IG. Um, he DM'd me asking about uh, Jeffrey or Aguilar, and I made a case uh, on Ag- uh, Jeffrey's first game back that I just felt that because of last year, I felt that Jeffrey and Wentz are on the same page. Aguilar and Ful- um Foles are on the same page. Now that Foles is out, Wentz is back in. We saw Aguilar on fire with Jeffrey out and Foles in. Now Foles is out and uh, Jeffrey's back in. Aguilar has really disappeared here. So I'm I'm certainly concerned. He has big playability, of course, but I'm I'm worried about Aguilar moving forward. And if you have both of them, Jeffrey's the start every week. And honestly, you could probably trade maybe uh, package up Aguilar and get rid of him, or he's almost cuttable at this point if you have other options with all the receiver uh, possibilities on the waiver wire so not into Aguilar he could have a big game here and there of course it'll happen because he's talented and uh, very fast in a potent offense but on a week-to-week basis I'm worried about him the running backs as well Smallwood 11 touches 37 total yards Clement 10 touches 22 yards so both of these guys man uh, they're kind of eating each other, and neither one of them is good enough to take that bell cow role. So I'm I'm certainly worried about the running back situation in Philadelphia. Moving down to Florida once again, we've got the Bucks hosting the Browns. This was actually a very, a very, very entertaining game. This one goes to overtime, the fourth overtime game of the year for the Browns. Five is the NFL record. They'll probably get there, I'm sure, with the way that they play these games. Browns lose to the Bucks 23-26 on Cat and Zero's. 59-yard game-winning field goal in overtime. Catanzaro actually missed a game, or sorry, missed a game-winning field goal early, and then it went to overtime. 
and then he made the game-winning field goal later on on a second opportunity. So good for Catanzaro on a 59-yarder, no uh, no slice of cheese there. That's definitely a brutal kick, but he made it with with uh, room to spare, and the Bucks get the win over the Browns 26-23 for the Browns. Jarvis Landry had a nice game and a hell of a catch at the very end of the game to uh, tie it up and force in the overtime. If you got to, you got to check out the highlight here. He makes kind of a diving catch on like the one yard line and NFL rules. He wasn't tagged down once he made the catch. So he is literally on the ground with the ball and he reaches the ball out over the goal line. Call it a touchdown. Um, great awareness from Jarvis Landry. So juice had 10 catches, 97 yards, that touchdown on 15 targets, uh, which is a hell of a move there for Jarvis Landry late. David Njoku, four catches, 52 yards, a touchdown on six targets. And Nick Chubb had a nice game. We all expected uh, much from him uh, stepping in for uh, the traded away Carlos Hyde, of course. And Nick Chubb had a nice game, did not disappoint. 18 carries, 80 yards, and one touchdown in his first NFL start. I expect more of the same moving forward. If you did not get Nick Chubb last week on your waivers, best go get him this week. Uh, I would say that he he and Mac are probably tied for number one, which is kind of lame. I guess if I had to choose one of them, I'd probably go Mac, only because I think that Luck's offense is more potent than Baker right now. But uh, I love Chubb, love Chubb. So if you can get one of the other uh, running backs, I would I would go after Marlon Mack or Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield, nice game as well. Didn't do much early, but as late, he's kind of a cardiac kid. Got it done late. 215, two touchdowns, another 43 yards on the ground as well. Duke Johnson, not much. One carry, negative four yards, and just 23 yards on four catches for Duke. So not really splitting the works. Looks like Nick Chubb is the man there in Cleveland nowadays. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston, a nice streaming game, although he did not have a passing touchdown. He had 365 through the air, two picks, but he did have 55 yards on 10 carries and a rushing touchdown. So Jameis didn't get it done, uh, touchdowns through the air, but he did throw 365, and then he got that touchdown on the ground. So nice streaming option in fantasy circles, at least, for Jameis. And Mike Evans bounces back, seven catches, 107 on 11 targets, and O.J. Howard remains hot at the tight end position, five catches, 67 yards on nine targets. And once again, shout-out to Catanzaro for the game-winning field goal after missing a field goal just before that. So game winner, got to shout out the kickers when they uh, when they completely crush it or completely blow it. So big up Catanzaro, saving his job, frankly, winning the game there for the Bucks. Stallers for the Buccaneers, Deshaun Jackson, 25 yards on just two catches, and he added another rushing touchdown, a short rushing touchdown um, there, but not really getting it done. Uh, he was much more potent with uh, Fitzmagic. So keep an eye here if you're still firing up uh, Jackson week in and week out. Chris Godwin, five catches, 59 yards and six targets. Not a terrible game, but kind of remains somewhat t uh, touchdown dependent, although we've seen him get plenty of touchdowns. So I'm writing Chris Godwin. Definitely fired him up in, in uh, multiple leagues as my deeper flex. I play in a handful of leagues with two flex positions. So he's often my second flex. And uh, I think great because we've seen what he's able to do. Um, if if uh, they they target him in the red zone as well as as generally Mike Evans is guarding, you know, or being guarded rather by uh, two defenders or more. So I like Chris Godwin moving forward. And Rojo, Ronald Jones gets his first touchdown. And the first touchdown for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, period, as a team, which tells you a little about, bit about Peyton Barber's first handful of games. Uh, this could be great given that um, 
Ronald Jones could potentially be the RB1 here moving forward against Cincinnati in week eight. So love to see what Ronald Jones can do. We just saw what Kareem Hunt did to the uh, Bengals on Sunday Night Football. I think Ronald Jones is obviously not Kareem Hunt uh, yet anyway, but I think that he is certainly capable of making big plays. So keep an eye on Ronald Jones. If he if he's on your waiver wire, he's another guy to pick up. This is the time of year to start stashing running back. So go look for him. Peyton Barber, 11 carries, 30 yards, suffered an injury. Um, well, he suffered an injury during the game, but it was disclosed after the game that he had an injury. More on that on Saturday, but looks like this is even more insurance for Ronald Jones. Cameron Brait, really a non-factor, three catches, 23 yards on four targets, but it looks like O.J. Howard is really blossoming. Possibly the game of the week here, or at least one of a couple of games of the week, the Saints in Baltimore face the Rams, or Rams, the Ravens, excuse me, Saints face the Ravens. Saints get a big win here, 24-23. You've probably heard about it by now, but if you haven't, Justin Tucker, Mr. Reliable. I keep touting him as the best player on the Ravens team, <laughs> period. Um, he's my he's my partner's uh, favorite player in the league. Um, she's a big Ravens fan, which I've mentioned a couple times on the podcast, and, and Tucker's her dude. But, damn, missed his first career PAT, and that point would have tied the game at the very end but he missed it. So the Ravens fall one point short to the Saints. The Saints get the win. Huge road win. And Tucker was 222 for 222 before that miss. He's still the best kicker in the league. I'm not worried about it. He'll be just fine. Um, but I'm sure you've seen a meme or a picture of him by now with his face, his big eyes, like what the hell just happened? Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has a oopsies. I'm not worried about it. I feel bad for the guy because he's just incredible, and to to lose a game like that with his talent is is just rare. I don't see that ever happening again, but um, Justin Tucker's a beast, uh, one of my favorite players in the league just in general, and I think he'll be plenty fine, but I had to mention that in the liner notes. So Saints get a huge road win against the Ravens, 24-23. For the Saints, Michael Thomas has another nice game, um, not as huge as he has been having, but certainly efficient and getting it done. Seven catches on nine targets, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Michael Thomas is beasting. He had another big catch called back on a penalty, so he is going to be just fine, especially against this uh, just brutal Ravens defense. Drew Brees, 222 and two touchdowns. He also joined the 500 touchdown club with Brady, Manning, and Favre, so just another record taken down by Drew Brees. I had mentioned uh, – Last week that I figured this would kind of be a like 200 and a touchdown or two game for Breeze to get that record and maybe another one. Sure enough, it was. I knew this wasn't going to be a big game. I actually played, uh, let's see, I actually played Baker Mayfield over Drew Breeze in one league. Um, and then I played, let's see, it was CJ Beathard over Drew Breeze, which didn't work out so well. Um but I just knew that Drew Brees was not going to be Drew Brees. He's on the road. He's outside. He has a rougher you know, record on the road out, outdoors. So um, didn't see that coming. Moving forward, Ben Watson. Uh, Brees should be just fine uh, moving forward, though. Not worried about Brees at all. Ben Watson, six catches, 43 yards, a touchdown on six targets. Some stallers, Alvin Kamara and Evan or Evan. Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Alvin Kamara, 17 carries, 64 yards. He did get a touchdown on the goal line, which is good to see for Kamara owners after uh, Ingram got two last week, but just 11 yards on two catches. Mark Ingram, 12 carries, 32 yards, and 10 yards on two catches. So 
both of these guys, you know, Kamara just 19 touches for 75 yards and a touchdown, and Mark Ingram 14 touches for 42 yards. So certainly concerning here, but again, this Baltimore defense is arguably the best in the league, especially at home. So I'm not really worried about the guys, but definitely something to, to uh, keep keep up. And it might be a good opportunity if you want to and you believe in them. This could be a great game to go buy both of those guys. If you're if you're all in on Kamara or Ingram, I would go do it this week because they're probably not going to have this low of a performance the rest of the season. Traquan Smith had a nice game, three catches, 44 yards, and six targets. Another big name on the waiver wire you may want to consider if you need some wide receiver help as um, Ted Ginn was placed on the IR. So there's definitely some room there for Traquan Smith. For the Ravens, John Brown. Stays hot, seven catches, 134, a touchdown on seven targets. Joe Flacco, good streaming option, 279 and two touchdowns. Some stallers for the Ravens, Crabtree, five for 66, nine targets. Lamar Jackson um, isn't doing much, but I had to had to throw his name in here. Uh, his first rushing touchdown of his career, so big up Lamar Jackson. May not happen this year. I think I was premature on that, but I am ready for Lamar Jackson for show. I'm all in on him. And Buck Allen. Uh, didn't do much, just 24 total yards on six touches. Willie Sneed didn't have a big game either. He had just four touches for uh, 34 yards on seven targets, which is bad. He had some bad drops. Hayden Hurst, nothing. Tucker already mentioned. And the Baltimore defense, just one fumble recovery, one sack, 24 points against three um, fantasy points. But pick them up if they are dropped. Keep an eye on that. If they're dropped, pick them up for sure. The Redskins host the Cowboys and beat the Cowboys. Uh, tw- uh, 20 to 17 Dallas trades for Amari Cooper on Monday, but the Redskins are in first place in the NFC East. So we'll talk more about Amari Cooper later on in the, in the week. I'm not going to talk too much about that right now until we know more, but Dallas is on a bye this week anyway. So I'm not worried about that. Dallas, uh, Dak had a nice game, 273, a touchdown and another touchdown on the ground. Gallup, uh, he had a nice game, 81 yards and a touchdown on five targets. Cole Beasley, 56 yards on seven tar- uh, seven catches, and Alan Hearns, five catches for 74 yards. Zeke, worst game of the season by far, 15 carries, 33 yards, and just nine uh, yards through the air on six targets. Not worried about Zeke moving forward. This Washington defense, I think, is better than people realize. For Adrian Peterson, 24 carries, 99 yards, almost had 100 yards. Once again, AP looks great. And Capri Bibbs filled in for Chris Thompson, who did not play with um, 13 yards on the ground and 43 and a touchdown through the air. Jordan Reed, yikes. Uh, we had um, worried about him coming into the game. Definitely worried about him still. Just two catches, 43 yards with four targets. He could be something that you could basically fold in your leagues uh, if you want to. Maybe you can get something for the name value. And nothing else from the uh, Washington wide receivers. Unfortunately, they are just duds right now. Chris Thompson, as I mentioned, did not play. Niners and the Rams. The Rams come in and slap the Niners around. No surprise here. 39-10, to 10, the Rams are 7-0 and 0 for the first time since 1985. Business as usual for the Rams. Gurley, 15 carries, 63 yards. <clears throat> Excuse me. And two touchdowns on the ground and four catches, 23 yards, a touchdown on five targets. So three total touchdowns. Once again for Gurley, 86 total yards on 19 carries. He's the best in the game right now and certainly best in fantasy. Malcolm Brown, a name to potentially monitor if you're the Gurley owner. You may want to scoop him up for playoffs. Uh, 13 carries, 65 yards. So Gurley wasn't hurt anything. I just think they like to spell him. Didn't need him the whole game against the Niners. So Malcolm Brown would be a beast if Gurley were to go down. Cooks, four catches, 46 yards, a touchdown on five targets. And the Rams defense, yikes. Two touch, uh, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, seven sacks, one safety, one block, 10 points against, 24 fantasy points. Beasting up on the Niners. 
Jared Goff, a staller here, just 202 and two touchdowns. Robert Woods, five catches, 78 yards on seven targets. And Josh Reynolds, unfortunately, we expected a breakout. Just one catch for 19 yards on one target. Cooper Cup should be back later, so Josh Reynolds probably will be riding the pine moving forward. And for the Niners, Josh Kittle, Josh Kittle, George Kittle had a nice game. Five, uh, five catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. He had another couple of miscommunications. So George Kittle is a couple catches away from like 100 plus and multiple touchdowns every week. You have to fire him up every single week at the tight end position. I love George Kittle. And uh, Raheem Mostert, seven carries, 59 yards, another 19 on four targets through the air, filling in for a hobbled Brita who kind of comes in and off the field. Alfred Morris didn't do much. Love. Raheem Mostert, uh, look at picking him up as well as a deeper uh, waiver option if you need some help at running back moving forward. C.J. Beathard, 170, a touchdown and two picks. As I mentioned, I started him in the listener league. Uh, whoopsies. And uh, Chris oh, Chris Godwin, man, moving too fast here. Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin uh, comes down to earth after a huge game against Green Bay on Monday night. Two catches, 24 yards on five targets. He had a couple deep bombs they weren't able to get to collaborate on I think he'll be fine moving forward I love Marquise Goodwin and his talent of course so not really worried about it but definitely came down to earth and uh, Pierre Garçon just five yards on one catch Sunday night football second week in the row uh, the Chiefs are on Sunday night football as this game got moved up and they bumped the Rams and the Niners off this game because Garoppolo is no longer there so the uh, the Bengals uh, face the Chiefs the Chiefs take care of business at home 45 to 10 Kareem Hunt ties a career high with three touchdowns, and Mahomes had four of his own, passing Kurt Warner for most touchdowns in his first eight career games with 22. Mahomes is unbelievable. For the Bengals, A.J. Green had a huge first half, seven catches, 117 on 14 targets, but they did not do anything in the next. Uh, he does this every once in a while. They have huge first halves, and then they go away from it. It's ridiculous. He's clearly the best player on the team outside of possibly Joe Mixon. And they, you know, the game that he caught three touchdowns in the first quarter, he didn't do shit the whole rest of the game. And for this game, he was unbelievable. He was on fire in the first half and he didn't do anything in the second half. I don't understand why they go away from him. The coverage can't be that good. You still got to feed the ball in here. Um, but Andy Dalton did continue to fire the ball to AJ Green, even though he was doubled and triple covered and bad Andy came out in the second half and pulled out a complete dud. Um, unfortunately. So Andy Dalton, just 148 and a touchdown. I know a lot of people streamed him against this Kansas City defense, but the Kansas City defense is getting better and bad Andy shows up on primetime. So unfortunately that was a dud for you. Uh, CJ Ozoma, Uzoma, uh, two catches, 13 yards, a touchdown on two targets. And Joe Mixon, a staller here, 13 carries, 50 yards, and just one more yard out of the backfield. He really had a, a three or four great runs, 10 plus yards that were called back by penalties. Um, but Joe Mixon was really just a, a couple not holding calls from a uh, hundred yards there. So love Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd came down to earth as well. Three catches, 27 yards on four targets for the chiefs business as usual. I think I'm just going to start copy and pasting the Rams and the chiefs uh, ballers because it's the same every week. Mahomes, 358, four touchdowns and a pick another 45 yards on the ground. Kareem Hunt, 15 carries, 86 yards and a touchdown. Five catches, 55 yards, another two touchdowns through the air on six targets. Tyreek Hill, seven catches, 68 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Travis Kelsey, five for five on his targets for 95 yards. Spencer Ware gets in the mix, which I love to see. I love Spencer Ware, as I mentioned preseason. 
eight carries, 59 yards, and 30 yards through the air as well. And uh, it was nice to see that uh, Watkins got in the mix as well. Four catches, 74 yards for Sammy Watkins. And the Kansas City defense, actually, I put in the Stallers category as well, as they've been kind of slapped around all season, but not tonight, um, or Sunday night, rather, against the uh, the bad Andy Bungles they had one touchdown, one pick, two sacks, 10 points against for 15 fantasy points. So shout out to that Chiefs defense and potentially a streaming option moving forward. If they pull a move, there's some rumors, uh, which I won't talk about on Tuesday because we just don't know and it could be obsolete, but there's some rumors they could pick up some some players in the uh, trade before the tread deadline. If the Chiefs get a better defense, they're going to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I picked the Saints over the Chargers preseason now I think it could be, you know, I still think the Saints have a chance, but it could be the Rams and the Chiefs. I would pick, um, depending, we'll see what happens. We're going to make a prediction later on, which I'll save. Uh, we're getting late in this episode. But anyway, the Chiefs, I think, are going to be incredible, incredible if they can get healthy and get Eric Berry back and they can get uh, another name uh, up in that defense. So keep an eye there. No stallers for the Chiefs. For Monday Night Football, last game of the week, uh, this was a – pretty pathetic game in the first half and very exciting in the second half the Giants go on the road Atlanta gets a huge road victory um, the Giants aren't very good so it's not like they beat a good team but the Atlanta Falcons needed to get this win badly I think the Giants are just toast for the season but Atlanta still has a chance and they got uh, they got the win 23 to 20 we'll talk more about this on Friday when we throw some shade at the play calling for the Giants and Eli Manning so I'll save some of that right now but Odell Beckham is a beast, and he hit 5,000 receiving yards faster than anyone since 1970, the Super Bowl merger. But New York falls after some questionable decisions by Eli Manning and Pat Shermer, which, again, I'll get into. I made a post about this on our Instagram, so you can head over to the Candlestick Kids Instagram page and, and uh, check in my thoughts on on this uh, Eli Manning-Pat Shermer debacle. But it was pretty sad, unfortunately, for the Giants. Odell Beckham. Uh, Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard balled out. Odell, eight catches, 143, a touchdown late, um, and on 11 targets. So Odell is is not the problem, which I've been saying for weeks. Sterling, or excuse me, Saquon Barkley, just 43 yards on 14 carries, but he did get a late touchdown. And he also had a two-point conversion late, which ended up not mattering. Mattering? Ended up that it didn't matter. And uh, 51 yards on nine catches on 10 targets. So Eli Manning's basically drops back, looks at Odell, not open, swings it out to Saquon Barkley. So if you have Saquon Barkley in a PPR league, you're stoked. But Jesus, it's it's kind of pathetic to watch as an NFL offense. Sterling Shepard had another great game. He had two 50-plus yard catches, uh, five catches, 167 on eight targets. Evan Ingram returned but didn't do much just yet. Two catches, 16 yards on four targets. He also had a 10-yard run. I think Evan Ingram will be fine moving forward, but didn't do much in this game. Last but not least, the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan, 379 and a touchdown. Julio Jones, huge game, but no touchdown. Nine catches, 104 and 10 on 12 targets. He should have had about a 60-yard touchdown, but Matt Ryan underthrew him. So it's coming, folks. I think he's going to get two or three in one game when he breaks out. So not worried about Julio. I traded for him in two different leagues, so I'm not worried about Julio Jones. Uh, Tevin Coleman filling in for Devon Freeman, who is out for the season. Oh, looks to be um, 11 carries, 50 yards on 
uh, and, and a touchdown. And uh, Calvin Ridley, five catches, 43 yards and six targets. Austin Hooper, three catches, 48 yards. And Marvin Hall, kind of a random name, caught a 47-yard touchdown. And Tavekiao, shout out, had a 40-yard field goal and two 50-yard field goals. But he may be released as Matt Bryant comes back from injury after the week eight bye. So Tavekiao filled in nicely for some of my teams, but not uh, potentially moving forward. So uh, Muhammad Sanu, two for 21, not so good. And Ito Smith filling in as well, seven carries, 16 yards, and just 29 on the ground. Really quickly, I'll buzz through the top five uh, performers at their position, and we'll get out of here. At quarterback, Mahomes, Trubisky, Newton, Luck, and Brady. Of course, this is full point uh, PPR, so full PPR settings um, according to ESPN. Full PPR settings according to ESPN. Top five quarterbacks, Mahomes, Trubisky, Newton, Luck, Brady. Running backs, Hunt, Marlon Mack, Gurley, James White, and Saquon Barkley. Receivers, Odell, Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown, Thielen, and Jarvis Landry. Tight ends, Burton, Ertz, Kittle, Michael Roberts, again, a name to monitor for the Lions, and Ben Watson. DSTs, Denver, Rams, Colts, and then kind of tied at the end there, Chiefs, Redskins, and Texans, and kickers, Prater, Tavekiao, Bailey, Zerline, McManus and Fairbairn. So those are your top five plus performers at each position. Last note here, the buys for this week, Atlanta Falcons, Los Angeles Chargers, Dallas Cowboys, and Tennessee Titans. That'll do it for the week seven recap. We've moved our news and notes, as I mentioned, to Saturday. So there will be no episode tomorrow, but on Saturday, Daniel will be reporting the week seven news and notes and looking ahead to player updates affecting week eight. Remember to email us your start, sit, keep trade, cut questions to tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod. Make sure to follow us on our IG stories throughout the weekend, Thursday night, Sundays, Monday nights for game day updates. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck in week eight. And for Daniel Sancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.